Good morning, St. Paul. I have the honor and the pleasure to introduce our speaker this morning, who is no stranger to us. Brother Sean came in St. Paul on fire, and he's still on fire for the Lord. So I'm going to read the insert that we have inside the bulletin, and after that I have just a little something personal I want to say about him. Sean Christopher Jenkins is the second child of Reverend Frederick L. Jenkins, Sr. and Adrian Jenkins. He graduated from Tennessee State University with a Bachelor's of Engineering in Computer Science. He just got accepted into a Master's of Divinity program at Colgate Rochester Crozer Divinity School. Sean does not like to run. Sean does not like to run. However, the Lord called him to run track at Tennessee State University for his first, for his first two years of college from the years of 2011 to 2013. He specialized only in the high jump and has a personal record of six feet, eight inches. In the 2012 Ohio Valley Conference Championship, he came in second place in the high jump with a jump of six feet, six inches. Then, in, then his very last track meet in the 2013 Ohio Valley Conference Championship, he came in third place in the high jump with a jump of six feet, eight inches. Sean has a love for computers. Yes, he does. Technology, yes, he does. This digital age and enjoys using them for the Lord and for his glory. Amen. Due to his love, he has turned his social media page into a place of ministry. He encourages you to check out his social media pages, which he would, which he would say are the greatest social media pages ever. A note from Sean. I do not get to talk much here at St. Paul AME Church. My ministries can be found online on my social media pages where I record every time I preach. You can hear me talk as much as you want there. I would love for you to be a part of my complete journey in preaching God's word to all of the world. He says to follow him on social media, YouTube, podcast, Uplift, Path Crossroads, and Facebook, LinkedIn. And personally, I want to say to Sean is I follow Sean on some of his social media pages, and Lord knows I believe Sean is a drill sergeant for the Lord. Sean can take one phrase, one quote rather, and phrase it a million and one ways, trying to get you to understand exactly what he's trying to tell you about the Lord. He don't stop. He say he may not like running, but he will not stop running for the Lord, and I will witness that. So right now, I would like everybody to to, uh, just say, elevate your hands to the cross, and just say, Sean, move Sean out the way, and let God have his way. Amen. At this time, we'll hear from our choir, after which we'll hear our speaker. Let's pray. yourself that he's able. You want to tell someone about it. It's not, it's not something to play with. It's something that God puts in your heart to make you say, I belong to the Lord. No matter where I go or what I do or what I say, I belong to the Lord. He is able, church. I know he's able. Tammy, I agree with you. I know what he'll do. All right. You guys ready? I'm ready. Last time was embarrassing for me. I don't know if you guys can see it on my face, but I was ashamed of the message last time. 
Because there's a difference when, between when a man talks and when God talks through a man. Last time is what you saw when a man's talking. This time you're going to see when God talks through a man what happens. All right. So today's. Oh, first of all, let me do a little protocol. I never do protocol. You're supposed to at the Emmy pastor. Thank you for singing Silver and Gold. I know it was late notice. That was great. Thank you so much. And thank you for Brother Goodman. That was awesome. Teaching moment. And thank you just for anybody else who's given me the opportunity to talk. Thank you so much. It's just, I got so much. It's hard to talk when you don't ever get the opportunity, really. And then when you finally do, you try to say everything because it's all bottled up. But you can't say everything. You try to say everything, you say nothing. But all right, let's go ahead and get to the lesson. All right, so today's title of my lesson is I'd Rather Have Jesus. I'd Rather Have Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. The text I'm coming from is Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. I'm reading from the New International Version Bible. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The title of today's lesson is, I'd Rather Have Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. I have so many places I could start. Let's start here. You know, if my dad has taught me anything and said any message over and over again. See, first of all, I have a, when you, not a lot of people have dads in their lives anymore in this generation, in this age. The dad is missing in a lot of people's households, especially for black men. My dad has been married to my mom about to be 32 years. I'm about to be, no, 33 years. I'm about to be 31. Am I about to be 31? Yeah, I'm about to be 31. <laughs> so when you get old, you just forget your age. <laughs> so, like, they've been married a long, all my life. I've seen love up close and personal. So I know what it takes to be a good father because I have a good father. Right? And my dad, he talks to me so much that sometimes it gets on my nerves. That's how much he talks to me. Like, I think out of all my siblings, he talks to me the most. But one day I'm going to miss that. Who, who can say that? That's a good blessing to have, right? Have a dad to talk to you so much, pour into you so much that you just become him, essentially. <laughs> so out of all the conversations I had with my dad, one, one of the scripture verses he always quotes, and if he didn't agree with me, he can't now because he just quoted it on Friday, so just a few days ago. He quoted Matthew 6, verse 33, which is the other scripture verse I'm going to share with you guys. Like, out of every conversation we ever had, he always quotes Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. That scripture verse says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all in his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Right? That's the scripture verse. And my dad, he's always told me since I was little, he always informed me that if you got Jesus, if you accept Jesus into your heart, if you dedicate your life to serving him, the sky's the limit for you. Not, there's nothing you can't do, nothing you can't overcome. Why? Because you have God on your side. You can't make it in this life without God. You'll, you won't succeed without God. Because you know what? If you do succeed in this life without God, it ain't going to matter in the afterlife. Because it's all going to shame anyway. It's all going to rust and dust. Everything's going to be for naught. When you're dead, you're naked again, nothing matters, right? There's an afterlife after this. So I'm going to ask everybody a question. Another one of my sermon titles I was going to call this sermon, 
was uh, what role does Jesus play in your life? What role does Jesus play in your life? Jesus dictates and determines everything. What you think about Jesus will determine the outcome of your life. Jesus is the X factor. That was another one of my sermon titles. Do you guys know what the X factor is? See, X factors are powerful. Let's talk about sports real quick. John John knows because he's smiling. X factors. So like with X, and John does my little brother, by the way. All right. So X factors in a game dictates the whole entire game in a football or basketball game. An X factor, right? And so when you have an X factor on a team, that's somebody who's kind of always overlooked, who doesn't get the notoriety or the notice that they should get. They don't get the respect and the claim that really should be going to them. Why? Because you, sometimes they don't show up on every single night because the team don't need them to show up every single night because they have superstars already on the team, right? I'm going to use an example. Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant is my favorite basketball player of all time. So, like, when Kobe and Shaq was the duo in the NBA, that was the best time ever for me. Even though I was real young, I didn't get to enjoy it like that. And so, with Kobe and Shaq, they both averaged 35 points a game, each. Each. There's no other superstars on a, a duo in the NBA that has done that since then. So, like, they averaged 35 points each by themselves, right? They're both going to get theirs. Everybody else on the Lakers basically could lollygag and just pass them the ball. It didn't even matter. But the two X factors on the 2000 or 2003 Lakers was Robert Horry and Derek Fisher. Those are the two main X factors. If Robert Horry goes off and if Derek Fisher goes off, the other team can say goodbye. Like, you're not going to win. You don't stand a shot because Kobe and Shaq are going to get theirs. And when the X factor goes off, everybody else on the team goes off as well. They dictate the whole entire game. The opposing team knows who the X factor is. They do their best to keep the X factor from going off because the minute that they go off, it's over with for everybody. Remember, I said Jesus is the X factor of everybody's life. See, a lot of people got Jesus in the wrong place, right? He's not the superstar in your life because he's not really Lord of your life. You got porn that's Lord of your life. You got lust that's Lord of your life. You got money that's Lord of your life. You got other things that's Lord of your life other than Jesus. So if you got Jesus in the wrong place, don't expect to win. You don't stand a shot. Why? Because Jesus is the X factor. If you don't, if you doubt in him, lack your confidence, you have lack of confidence of what he can do and provide for you. You're going to fail, right? (laughs) Because he can show up at any time, right? He can go off on any time. The only time, if you look at any championship roster for any sport, but especially basketball and football, because that's what I know, all of them are a team. You'll never see people win a championship if they're not a whole unit in a team. Like from the water boy to the general manager to the owner, you name whatever the organization got, they got the best of the best. Like, for example, in the 2001 when the 76ers went against the Lakers and they had to face Kobe and Shaq, Phil Jackson, Derek Fisher, Robert Horry, like y'all know these names. If I name some people on the 76ers team, y'all don't know who these people are. Like Aaron McGee, like... The Kimmy Matambo, that's the only one you know. Allen Iverson, like, it was just one superstar, Allen Iverson. Everybody else, like, what was their role? You don't know. Like, because people who don't have a complete team, a complete unit, they don't win. People, coaches who don't respect their X factors and, and respect the players that they got and make sure that everybody plays their role and then care about them to, you know, play their role. Like, if, if you don't care, you're not going to win. See, a lot of people don't care about Jesus. They don't, they, don't, they, they don't care, so they have a lot of shaky nights. They're hot and cold, right? Just like a role player. And so to really bring this message home before I even go in on it, because this is just the beginning. Like, God is playing a role in everyone's life, and you get to see how much, you get to see how much he can work in your life by your faith. Right. So your faith will dictate how much you actually get to see and experience God. And God can only take you as far as your faith allowing. So, again, I asked everybody a question earlier. What role does Jesus play in your life? Now, let's go to the text. Let's break this text down, man. We're about to have some fun. All right. So if we go to verse four of Acts chapter three, it says Peter looked at the lame man, looked at the man at the temple gate who was begging for money. As did John. And then Peter said, look at us. 
<laughs> that is so powerful. When he said, look at us to the lame man, you got to picture what Peter and John saying, like, do we look rich to you? Do we look like we have all the money in the world? Like you asking us for money, but that's not what we have. We got something better than money. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to go there yet. But like just that simple note right here, just that text, look, just that part right there of verse four, look at us. We got a note here, the power of Christ. It's above everything, right? So though Peter and John didn't have silver or gold, so money, what they did have was more powerful than any amount of money you could ever claim or get in this life. So the first point I want to make is do not discount what God can do through you because you do not have the right degree, the right diploma, the right educational background, the right connections, the right resources, the right personality, just whatever you think you need, you really don't need. That's basically what, what this boils down to. Peter and John said, look at us. They don't have money. The man's asking for money. They, don't, they can't give you money. What's money going to do for a lame man? You can't go anywhere. You got to crawl everywhere to go get it. Somebody's gonna, just going to rob you. You know, what are you going to do with money? That's how some people are. They, you, think, you, you think you need something, but that ain't really what you need. Right? There's a difference between needs and wants in life. Right? So a lot of times when we think we, we uh, need something, it's just a want. And that want is really not what we need. So we're missing out on what we have already that God has already given you what you need to get what you really want and what you really need if you just use what you have. All right, so I'm not going to go there yet. All right, let's, let's keep it. Ooh, having fun now. <laughs> All right. I'm going to use an example with you guys. So, like, I heard a story as a comedian. It was so funny. I tried to find it, but I can't find it. Uh, but one comedian, he's an example of a band member, right? And so everybody, like, for me, I want to play bass, guitar, or the drums. Like, teenagers, you ask any kid, what instrument would you play if you could play any instrument? Nobody's going to say a triangle. Nobody's going to say a tambourine, right? What's another instrument nobody will ever play? Oh, the clarinet? Like, that's what we had to play when we were five and six, when I was in, you know, we, it was mandatory. We had to take that class. I know it's not mandatory no more. Kids don't know how to do nothing now these days. But, <laughs> all right, but anyways, so if you had a golden trumpet, right, if God gave you a golden trumpet, what are you called to do with it? Use it, right? Make the note that God wants you to make and called you to make with your golden trumpet to praise him. If God gave you a brass trumpet, what's the difference between a brass trumpet and a golden trumpet? It's still a trumpet, right? The whole point is God gave you something to praise him with. Everybody got something. You're so focused and occupied on what you don't have, you miss out on what you already have. So how in the world can you see what God can do with you if you can't even be appreciative of the little bit you got? That's a parable. Y'all y'all know y'all, re- it's, it's registering now. The parable says, Jesus said at the end of every of the parable of the talents. It was the parable of talents. He said, you know, the little that you do have, what I have given to you will be taken away from you because you're not even grateful for the little bit I gave you, right? Him who has been faithful in little will be faithful in much. But him who is not faithful with little, the little I have will be taken away from him, right? Are you faithful with the little? Are you content with whatever instrument that God called you to play because everybody's making a sound in this life? Everybody is doing something for God or should be, right? And if you're not, don't expect God to operate in your life how you think he should operate or how he can because you're not even doing what you should be doing right now. So that's the question. What role does Jesus play in your life right now? Because he's telling you right now what you should be doing with what you have. (laughs) So like, all right, so when you're weak, then you are strong. Y'all remember that verse, right? That's the, I think it's 1 Corinthians 12 at the end. But uh, one point I was going to make is it is in our weaknesses that God's strength is displayed. The reason why we're lacking and we have nothing, it feels like, is because God wants to show what he can do, right? He doesn't come to people that have everything and can already do everything. Then you wouldn't really see God then. He comes to people who have nothing so he can do something miraculous so everybody can say, oh, that was God. 
So I want you guys to imagine what if Peter and John had the money that the beggar asked for and they just gave him money. That wouldn't have solved anything. People wouldn't have been, it said at the end of that text that people were rejoicing, was praising God because they saw this man begging every single day at the temple gate. A lame man crawling everywhere. Had people come to get him, to get him to this temple gate, right? But instead, they see him walking around in the temple. The same temple he always begged at, right? See him walking, praising God. I can move now. I can do. I don't need y'all no more. I'm good. I've been healed by Jesus. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, like, he thought he needed money, but what he really needed was Jesus. He thought he needed money, but what he really needed was Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Jesus changes the whole entire equation. He is the X factor. So my question to everybody is, what area of weakness, of need, of lack, of pain in your life could God use to display his all-sufficient strength? Because again, in your weakness, God's power is made perfect. So perhaps you too, just like this lame man, because I feel like it too sometimes, perhaps you too do not have the sort of resources you would like to be able to have, to do the kind of good you would like to be able to do, but you do got Jesus. But if you don't got Jesus, you know, you're doomed. (laughs) But if you get Jesus, oh, yeah, we can do something now. Guys, I haven't got to my good stuff, man. I feel sorry for y'all. Y'all already hyped up. When I get to this part, mm -mm mm-mm-mm. See, let's talk about lack again. I want you guys to know we lack nothing, right? All you got to do is use what God gave you to get what you're looking for, right? You have everything you need in your hands right now, this second. And that is so hard to see sometimes when life is beating you up, beating you down, knocking you down, you know, to knock out every single day in life sometimes. But the whole point is getting back up and using what God has gave you. You got enough strength to punch, you better punch, or you're gonna get knocked out of life. This is a lesson from my dad, by the way. So stop waiting until you have more, but look at what's in your hands. Then that is when more, that's when what you have becomes enough, right? So another one of my titles for this sermon, like all things are already in your hands, right? Everything is already in your hands. That reminds me of Exodus chapter 4, verse 2, when God told Moses, First of all, God told Moses, I want you to go to Egypt, and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses was like, God, me? (laughs) Why did that go? You know, I just fled from Pharaoh and all the Egyptians because I killed a Pharaoh person 40 years ago. And now you're telling me to go back? With what? And he kept on making excuse after excuse after excuse. You know, sometimes in life, people just make excuses. All they do is complain and whine. And if you just complain and whine, make excuses, what can God do? Nothing. Look at the Israelites. You die in the wilderness. Everybody's in the wilderness. Life is hard for everybody. Right? Who got life easy? Raise your hand. Nobody. It's hard for everybody. If you're going to stay in the wilderness, like the Israelites, if you just complain and whine and use, I want to say the B word, but I'm not going to say it. Right? So that's what Moses did. He made excuse after excuse, and God showed him through his excuses, like, I already made a remedy for whatever excuse you throw at me. I already gave you what you need for that excuse. Right? So one of the excuses he made was, like, who am I? What do I have? And God said, I want you to look at what's in your hand. They said it's 4 2. What's in your hand, Moses? He said, a staff. His staff was his identity. His income, his profession, what he knows to do, what's in your hand to make your miracle and your blessings come true? What's in your hand right now that can change the whole entire equation of your family's life, your whole entire perspective about life that can get you to the doors that you want to open and all those things? You guys know what I'm trying to say. What's in your hand? For Moses, it was a staff. He was a shepherd for, I think, 40 years. He was he was, you know, in the wilderness somewhere with his father-in-law shepherding his sheep for money. 
You know how bad you got to be to be a shepherd? Like you got to fend off against wolves, against lions, against bears and snakes. Who would want that job? A shepherd. Would you want to be a shepherd? You know how bad you got to be with a staff? Man, those people are probably better than Bruce Lee with a, with a staff. Be doing all the tricks and stuff with a staff. <laughs> we probably kill somebody with a gun with a staff, right? So, man, shepherd, like, he was a, so that's basically what God is doing in our lives, man. Whatever profession, whatever your occupation is, it ain't for nothing. Everything he's doing in your life is pur purposeful, right? But you have to actually use what you have, or it's going to become what you have, right? So use what you already have, and you'll be surprised with what you can make with what you have. There's no need to have it all. Just make the best of what you have. So all of us need to examine what's in our hand. Each person only needs to examine what they have personally, what they personally have, and it doesn't have to be grand, majestic, or even what the next person has. God wants to simply use what you have right now. So whatever you have is enough for God to do something miraculous. So I use Moses as, as an example. You know, he's, you know, for the next 40 years, because he accepted the call that God gave him, even though it seemed impossible, even though he didn't think he was the right man for the job, he still went, even though he, he had a lot of excuses. He had a lot of reasons not to go, but he obeyed the Lord and went anyway. That's what all of us got to do. No matter how much you think you lack, no matter how much you don't think you can do something, just do something with what you have. And then God can get you to where you need to go next. So God uses a simple wooden stick for Moses. We're talking about a dumb stick. Do you have something better than a stick? Yes! Everybody does! That's a knowledge for Come on, man. So God uses a simple wooden stick to deliver the Israelites from Pharaoh, to open the Red Sea, to win a battle with the Amalekites, to bring water from a rock. God did a lot with that staff. And that's what God can do in all of our lives, man. Like throughout the Bible, God had a wonderful habit of using a, a, whatever a person possessed, if that person was simply yielded to God. Yield it to God. That's the whole point. Surrender what you have to God. You ain't praising God if you just pour everything you got. That's what I should have said in the last sermon. We got different generations here. I'm a millennial. All the millennials raise your hand. Make some noise. Woo! <laughs> I didn't hear nobody. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Where the millennials at? Man. I'm not even going to say another joke. I'm a millennial. And that was like, uh, I just want to quit. I thought I was going to hear something. I heard, I heard a rat piss on cotton. That's what I heard. Do you not have money? Do you 
something years. And they didn't have no money. How many people in the Bible had money that was rich? It ain't me. <laughs> life by the power of the risen Jesus Christ. See, a lot of us want to put band-aid on band-aids on everything. Like if our car, if somebody keys our car, we'll put a band-aid on it. <laughs> we try to put a band-aid on every single hurt and pain that we have and we face in this life. But like Jesus wants to get to the root of every single problem of our lives. Jesus wants to get to the heart of the matter of every single bad things that happens to you. Right? Jesus wants you healed, whole, restored, at peace, delivered, redeemed, living in a place of victory. This is what Jesus wants for you. But so many people are living in a place of pain, a place of hurt, a place of bitterness, a place of resentment. They're always unsatisfied when only Jesus can satisfy. That's why you got celebrities, famous people with everything killing themselves. How can a famous person that has everything, can do everything, and life's like a vacation for you, kill yourself? Because they're not at peace or satisfied. I'd rather have Jesus. I'm going to end the message. All right. Like, my dad, all my life, has told me, just get Jesus. Jesus is the only thing you need. He's all you need. Right? Do you believe that? Jesus is all you need? Let me, I'm bringing a message on. Listen, let's end it. God's talking now. <laughs> we aren't anything without Jesus. We can't make it without Jesus. Life without God is like an unsharpened pencil. There's no point. <laughs> without a sea, a ship has no use of water. Without God, a man has no use on this earth. Without dreams, we reach nothing. Right? Without love, we feel nothing. That's why there's so many people that don't know, how to, don't know how to date and divorce all the time and all that stuff, right? But with God, we have everything, right? There's no life apart from and without Jesus, right? And I'm going to use some examples. You know, God speaks through creation all the time. You got Jesus, you know, Jesus plus not, not, nothing equals everything. I'm going to say it again because I butchered it. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. One verse I reference, I think, but I want to reference it. I don't know if I, yeah, I did. So Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you, right? Every single time my dad has said that to me, every single time, guys, it's been like at least 65 times. Like at least 65. <laughs> every time he says it, he always says, Sean, what does everything mean? What does everything mean? Everything, all things, right? So if Christ is the only thing you possess, then we can't confess that's all we need. Why? Let me put you guys on game real quick. Because anytime I heard a message about Jesus when I was a kid, I thought it was so annoying, man. I'm tired of hearing about Jesus. Why do you always preach about Jesus? I already know this message about Jesus. No, you don't. Because <laughs> if you did, your life would look different, right? So Jesus is what? Food when you're hungry, water when you're thirsty, strength when you're weak, a friend when you're lonely, warmth when you're cold, Coldness when you're hot, comfort when you're hurting, faith when you're doubting, peace when you're fearful. Jesus is rest when you're tired. Jesus is literally everything you need. Oh, y'all thought I was done. The seven I am's are so dope. With the seven I am's, God is literally taking material things and pointing them back to Jesus, telling you what he is. See, some people got Jesus twisted. They just think he's just another prophet. He's just another man. He ain't no different than Muhammad or any other religion. Live like Jesus did and tell me that again. Like, are you willing to, like, if, hypothetically speaking, if you were God and you came down from your throne, right? See, this is what makes Jesus the X factor. X factors don't mind playing the, playing the background. X factors don't mind being a servant and serving. They don't mind not having the, uh, the fame as the superstars do on the team. This is what makes Jesus the X factor because he could play any role you need in life, right? So like with Jesus, man, the seven I am's, 
You know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the vine. You are the branches. You can't live without me, right? I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I ain't going to spoil it yet. But, like, God is speaking through creation, right? So Jesus doesn't just give you what you need. Jesus is already what you need, right? I've been saying that. But here we go. Science says we need four things to survive. Air, water, food, light. The seven I am's cover that. The whole Bible covers that, right? Literally. Y'all hear me? Air, water, food, light. So when the Bible says Jesus, said, what the Bible says about Jesus, it says that he's the breath of life, right? There's no life without him. One of the seven I am's is I am the life and the resurrection of life, right? So God is like oxygen. You can't, you can't see him, but you need him to survive. He's speaking through creation. You know, you can't live more than, what was it? Three minutes without air. You can't live without three. <laughs> give yourself three minutes without air. You'll die. Three. What's the three? The Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Just in case you thought it was, no, it ain't real. Nah, God speaking through creation. Right? So like our bodies need oxygen, our souls need God. Why do people not live anymore? Right? When their soul departs, oh, souls don't exist. Why are there demons in haunted houses? Let's go to a haunted, for real. If anybody do haunted houses, let's go together. I want to put it on my YouTube channel so I can hear you scream because a demon's chasing after you. Well, I just call on the name of Jesus and it don't come anywhere near me, right? If Jesus ain't real, right? <laughs> so like, yeah, you know, you're a fish and God is water, right? What can, can a fish live without water? No, right? So the Bible says this about Jesus as well. It says that he's living water. Three days without water equals death, right? 60% of your body is made of water. That's two-thirds. 60% is a lot, right? 71% of the earth is made of water. What is God saying through creation about water? It's necessary for survival. So as we need water, we need God. We need God actually more than we need water. He's the bread of life. That's another one. You can only live 30 to 50 days without food. Wow. wow. He's the light of the world. Just imagine life without light at all. You'll be pumped, hitting your toe on everything. You know that sucks, right? You'll be hurting yourself and running into people and not even wondering, and wondering why. That's what life is without Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and close this message. I know I've been talking a while. <laughs> But as you can see, I got a lot to say on this, man. But like my close of the message is, you know, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. You know, some people think they want a mansion. They want a yacht. They just want all the money in the world so they can do what they want. But then you'll have no purpose, really. What would be your purpose if you had all the money in the world? Well, I could do this and do that. You don't do it now. So why would you do it then? If you're not faithful in the little things, you're not going to be faithful with much. That's the whole point. God only gives people more when they're faithful with little. Now, if you're an unbeliever, you're, the, the ball game's different for you. But for a believer, if you ain't faithful and using what's in your hand right now, you're not going to do much. Because you show you don't have any integrity, you show you don't have any character. God is a good guy, a just guy, right? We say that all the time. If he's so just, why would he give somebody something if they're not even appreciative of the little bit? That they got. He wouldn't. So I'd rather have Jesus more than silver and gold, man. That song's so dope. And it said in that song, like, you know, I called on my best friend and she could not be found, right? So when it comes to people, people are going to let you down and people are going to fail you. One of the sayings my dad says all the time is people suck. People are stupid. Y'all heard that before, right? (laughs) You can't depend on people. And even the people you can depend on, they're going to let you down. They're going to fail you. But you want to know one person who's not going to fail you? Jesus. He's the person you can count on at all times. And so honestly, like when it comes to my dad, when he's dead and gone, just like the song says, uh, you know, silver and gold. When my dad's dead and gone, I'm going to be all right. Because it's the father's job to teach the son how to live without him. That's also the mother's job, to teach their children how to live without them. If you fail to do that, you didn't do your job, right? So one way my dad has taught me in many ways, but the main way is teaching me about Jesus. 
And I think you can tell by my life and my fruit, I got Jesus. I don't got to say it. It's my, you know, if you'll know them by the fruit, right? If you got Jesus, anything's possible. The impossible becomes possible. If you got God on your side, he won't fail you, right? So you may fail at times, because all of us do, but in the end, if you got God, you're going to win, right? <laughs> He's never lost a battle. He's always won. So let the Lord fight your battles, because he hasn't lost one yet. You don't have to fight in this life all by yourself. Life sucks. Life is hard. You won't make it in life if it's just you fighting. What can you do against a tornado or a hurricane? You know how many ways you can die as a human being? A lot. <laughs> right? There's some things you just can't do as a human being. Can you fly, Superman? That's what people call me. They call me Superman, my fiance. <laughs> but anyways, I'm not Superman. I get shot 80 times, I'm going to die. Like all of, Nobody's bulletproof, right? So the whole point of this message is Jesus is the best thing that has ever happened to me. And he could be the best thing that's ever can ever happen to you if you just give him the chance. And it's a daily thing, always surrendering, always depending, always leaning on him. That's why this man was rejoicing and praising God, because he accepted Jesus. He said, Peter and John said, you know, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. I have Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus. Walk. That's way better than what money can do. I mean, imagine his life if he just would have got money compared to being able to walk again. That's what Jesus can do. He can give you what you really want and what you really need, but you're so focused on what you don't have. We serve a good God. So that's my message today. I'm just going to end it. <laughs> I'll let the people who do the invitation finish everything else. But God bless you guys. Sister Hopkins, Tasha Hopkins, will you come and do the invitation first? May we stand? The word has been preached, amen? Then in all of our lives, I can say I'd rather have Jesus too than anything else in the whole wide world. Because only what we get from God and only what we receive of his son Jesus Christ matters. So today, he already opened the door a long time ago when he died on Calvary. But today is another opportunity, if you don't know him, to get to know him. We invite you to come and to give us your hand and, and we'll give you tools but give God your heart if that's you and the spirit is talking to you come we want to introduce you to this man he's talking about that help this man up silver and gold won't do it money won't do it power prestige won't do it but loving Jesus Christ and letting him become Lord which means over your life that will do it so the altar is open second thing is if you want to Join here at St. Paul. This is where I grew up. It's good soil, good ground, and helped me to become who I am today, and I'm grateful. So if you want a church home, I invite you here um, to come and join the St. Paul church family. But don't miss this opportunity. If you feel God is speaking to your heart, this moment is for you. He's willing. And he also wants the backsliders. That's part two of it. If you feel you've been out of the ark of safety, you feel you've been doing things in your life, we all have. Even say, we all have, amen, but he's a God of grace. But if you feel like you've moved too, too far out, he's right here, want to take you back in. This moment can be a moment of rededication. God is faithful. He loves us all so much. And he'll never turn his back on anybody that's willing to come. Won't you come? Today is the day. If you hear his voice, don't miss this moment. Amen. We see no one's willing to come, but there's always room at the table. Amen. God bless you.
all of you for participating this morning. Thank you, Sean. You on your way. You hadn't got there yet, but you on your way. We're going to pray for him. Give him strength, Lord, that he can do what he knows he's been taught to do. And we thank your mother and father for bringing you this far. Because you had to have an example to become a man. It only takes a man to teach a boy how to be a man. See, we can be the best mothers that we can, but we can't teach a boy how to be a man. We just have to do our best. At this time, we're going to follow Okay, okay, we're going to do the offering first. Well, Someone direct them. Keith. Keith. I want to thank everyone for participating in our giving. At this time, we'll have remarks by Brother Washington. Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, all the participants on this program, Amen. starting with the worship leader, Sister Young, Amen. prayer by Sister Hopkins, scripture, uh, Sister Mitchell, teaching moment, Brother uh, Goodman, Amen. an introduction to speaker, Sister Brooks, and Brother Sean. Sean, I just want to thank you for the message today. Amen. I'd rather have Jesus. Amen. And uh, you and I talked uh, several times. And this, this guy is really energetic. Amen. And I want to say this about Sean. I, I just noticed him. Just, just really just get to know him. If you get to know him, he has a lot to say. I was sitting out in the best of you one Sunday. He came up to me and just started talking. And uh, he was admiring my championship ring. And I was like, I was thinking a topic to say today for you. And that topic is a champion for change. You are a champion because you'd rather have Jesus than anything else. And what, what your dad has been teaching you over your, your lifetime is a great thing. You know, to grow up with a father is, is awesome. Amen. Especially if he's there to, to guide you, Amen. to teach right. you. Right. And he, he hasn't taught you wrong. Right. Sometimes we resent to being taught by our parents. But, you know, like the old saying that, I mean, goes, you might fall off, but you always got a foundation to come back to. So you have a foundation. And I remember last Sunday when you was talking about the choir at your church, how they, you know, they sound awful, but they practice. All of a sudden, they got better and better. You're going to get better and better at it. Keep practicing. Amen. God got your back. That's right. Now for our pastor. You know, I, I don't know. I got all... Uh, Brother Goodman to do the uh, teaching moment. But I want to do a little teaching moment because it's like uh, this slogan. United States Marine Corps, I'm just going to read this. United States Marine Corps had used a slogan. It's called, A Few Good Men. You know, look around in this church. When I first joined St. Paul, it was full of men. But, you know, God took them home. It's only a few of us here now. But it's only take a few good men to make it work in his message. Amen. You know, his message was the guy sitting at the gate. You know what I mean? He used, he used his, what he had, his resources, as far as his friends bringing him back and forth. That was good. But, you know, he rejoiced in the end by saying, 
I'd rather have God because God gave him what he didn't have. He had his legs. You know what I mean? That, that makes a whole lot. That, that means a whole lot. And um, when I said uh, a few good men, it began in Genesis chapter 18 through 16 uh, and 19. I was reading that. Not only Genesis, it's throughout the whole Bible. The whole Bible, a few good men. And we got a few good men in here. Don't mind doing whatever it takes to, to keep this building, to keep everybody together. And I admire a lot of these guys. I do. I admire you, and I thank you for what you have done and what you're going to do. And this is just a token from this congregation. Thank you. All right. We have some presentations. Uh, my, my sister here, Emma Wyatt, you can just uh, name them off and we can ask them to come in. Oh, wait, no, we're going we're gonna to serve them. We're gonna, they don't have to come. One of us is going to take it to them, okay? First lady. First lady, you go ahead. Okay. Jesus, thank you for everything you're doing in everybody's life. Thank you for giving every single person all the things that they have. Help us to go out into our lives and use everything you have given us, Father, so you can maximize it and we can see what you can really do in each and every single one of our lives. Have your way at St. Paul and especially bring back everybody so everybody can serve you for your purposes. As we all say, amen. Ah! Uh -huh. 